Welcome back to the Let's Call It Nothing podcast, where we discuss all things fangirl. We are back with more of a court and mist and fury today. What happened last time? So much. Tamlin is a bad dude. But what did he do? He locked Farah up. Now Reese has offered her a job and a new court to live in. The night court. And this starts off part two. The House of Wind. Chapter 14. Welcome to my home, Reese said. Did we stay where they were? Where we ended up? We ended up at a townhouse in Valeris. Valeris. The city in the night court called Valeris. Welcome to my home, Reese said. Thera saw the city outside of the townhouse and worried about the devastation outside because of Amarantha. Then two big men knocked off the door. I don't know how we knew they were big men. She saw like the shadows. It's like a <laughs> frosted glass door. Oh, so you just, oh my gosh, you just see their silhouettes and you're like, who are these people? Well, they were cutting up outside. Reese told Feyre two things to remember. One, Reese and Moore are the only two allowed to winnow inside the house. She is completely safe here. Number two, it was up to her whether she wanted to meet the two men at the door. Feyre decided she would meet them another day. As she went up the stairs, she heard a female voice talking to the two men. They were let in. It'd been Moore talking to the group. Feyre asked the twin handmaidens who these men were. They told her the group is Reese's inner circle. Feyre didn't realize that High Lords were so... Informal. They have friends. It's wild. Tamlin doesn't. That's the- they tell her normal High Lords weren't this informal. Only Reese. He's not like the other boys. He's got wings. <laughs> they were asked about how Valeris remained intact all these years. They explained it was Reese's doing, but it wasn't their story to tell. Everyone is so respectful of each other's boundaries in this place. They're like, they're like, I'm not going to gossip. I'm not here for that. It's their business to tell you. And I love that. It's a uh, it's healthy. Strange. Chapter 15. Hours later, when Farah woke up and got dressed, she realized the people in Reese, Reese's inner circle had left. Reese recommended they venture into the city. As they exit the townhouse, Farah noticed the other Fae walking by, not even bothering to gawk at the High Lord living amongst them. Valeris was beautiful, a hidden gem tucked away in the seemingly eerie night sector of Prithian. It was built on a hilly expanse, sidelined by the Cerulean Sea. Ships sat in the river. Birds flew high above. Laughter filled the streets and sunlight bathed the land. No monsters, no darkness, not a hint of fear, of despair, untouched. Why are you giggling at my description? It's quite beautiful. I on that. Because I was started thinking the this go twice as high reading rainbow. Uh, no, I, I like started typing it and I was like, a hidden gem tucked away. And then I read Peyton's note that was like, Caitlin can describe this. <laughs> like I had already started being like, I had my glasses and I was like, tap, 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 tap. And then I saw you were like, okay, she's a pretentious bitch. Let her describe this. <laughs> it's not what I meant. And, but you know, I hate descriptions. Mm. So I don't know why you thought... But I knew, I guessed correctly. You did. Are we going to talk about what it looks like? Uh, okay, so I kind of think like... Peyton this thinks this is going to be an argument for some reason. I kind of think it's like Italian, kind of got a little bit of a Venice feel, Roman feel, and then a Greek aspects and a little maybe Babylonian in a way. It's pretty. It's pretty. It's very pretty in my head. Everything has just like a little sparkle in it. And it, it looks old. I mean, it's bustling. Yeah. There's no construction anywhere. Like, it's not towns in America. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very ancient, but beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mountains splayed in the distance. <laughs> Reese pointed to the middle peak, saying they would be dining there tonight. Farah noticed the holes in the peak, and then she realized those were windows. Reese tells her that is his other home, the House of Wind. Farah asked how the city survived Amarantha's attack. Reese told her simply, through luck. Farah was upset that he didn't save the other cities from Amarantha's clutches. He explained other cities were known to the world. Valeris had gone thousands of years being kept secret from outsiders. They kept it secret through spells, magic, and a lot of headstrong predecessors. Farah judged his choices, wondering why he wouldn't use his city to take in refugees from Amarantha's evil. Reese claimed he had to make a lot of hard decisions very quickly. Farah said, I assume you won't tell me about it because she's so used to Tamlin keeping secrets from her. Reese told her... 
now is not the time for that quick conversation. Exactly what we talked about at the end of the last episode. Yes, it is. That was. Yes, it is. They walked around to a huge market that ha- was housed in what looked like palaces. Reese went to buy jewelry for a friend as Farrah kept to the shadows. As they strolled down the street, people addressed their high lord, simply shaking his hand and welcoming him back. Reese took Farrah to the artist quarters of the city full of musicians, street performers, and painters. Breakdancing street performer. I was thinking, <laughs> or like the, song. the ten man. I would, I would hope so. But Farrah, I want somebody dressed up like Marina and the Diamonds from "I'm Not a Robot." Also okay. on the list, on the playlist, on the playlist. But Farrah couldn't bear to look at it. She gazed at all the people living so happily. She thought of the trials others throughout the land had to face the last fifty years. Reese noted her thoughts, telling her his people were not to blame for being happy. Farrah told him she was tired and ready to head back. She then asked who else will be at dinner tonight. Reese told her about his inner circle. Explain them. Oh, I was getting there. I was getting there. Okay, so should we go by rank or should we tell ranks later? So, we got the Bat Boys. Including Reese in the Bat Boys we have Azriel, who is the Shadow Singer. The Shadow Singer. We'll get into that later. Um, Cassian, who is the Fighter. Those are the two big men you see mm-hmm. think that. of Azriel is jasper from twilight yes and then cassian is Emmett from and it makes sense <laughs> like personalities that's kind of what we go with and then we also have more who you met and amran who is a petite but scary lady um and that's all we'll say for now on them there thought it wouldn't be too bad if Oh, oh, no. Let me let me back up a little bit and explain Amarin some more. Amarin is not high fae. She is something else. And she is completely and utterly terrifying. For um, such a tiny lady. <laughs> but for such a tiny lady. She drinks blood and uh, she's just terrifying. And so Fair thought it wouldn't be too bad if Amarin would kill her. Only because Feyre is so self-deprecating. She's like, okay. Reese grabbed her face to make her look at him. He told her, don't you ever think that. Not for one damn moment. She jumped into his mind and saw herself. She was shocked to see she looked starved like she had when she would first come to Prithian. Only this time she was starved for happiness, for a lust of life. When she went back to her mind, she asked Reese if that was a trick. Reese told her no and asked how she was able to slip through their, his shield. He questioned how many other minds she'd gone into. She thought of Lucian. Reese laughed and told her what a miserable place to be. Farah told him not to dig into her mind again. Reese explained her shields were down and she was practically screaming at him. He told her that the reason she might be able to get into his mind was because she had gained his power. His shield might mistake her for him and let her slip into his mind. And then this is from the book. A sly smile. It doesn't work that way. The power is bound to your life. The only way to get it back would be to kill you. And since I like your company, I'll pass on the offer. Let me back up a second. I debated spitting on his boots. Take your power back. I don't want it. And then this is what he says in reply to her. We walked a few steps before he said, you need to be vigilant about keeping your mental wards up especially now that you've seen Valeris. If you ever go somewhere else beyond these lands and someone slipped into your mind and saw this place, a muscle quivered in his jaw. How do you guys pronounce that word? Demete. Demete. Why are you asking me? Demete. I didn't know if there was a specific. Demati. Wait, how is it spelled? D-A-E-M-A-T-I. If it was, if it's Latin, Demati? it's Daimate. Sure. Yeah. Go with that. We're called Daimati. Those of us who can walk into another person's mind as if we're going from one room to another. We're rare and the trait appears as the mother wills it. But there are enough of us scattered throughout the world that many, mostly those in positions of influence, extensively train against our skill set. If you were to ever encounter a Daimati without those shields up, Farah, they take whatever they wanted. A more powerful one could make you their unwitting slave, make you do whatever they wanted, and you'd never know it. My lands remain mystery enough to outsiders that some would find you, among other things, a highly valuable source of information. Farah, being a brat, took it out on Reese, saying his people were pampered and didn't have to fight. Then she stalked off. Reese walked behind her the whole way back to the townhouse. Vera thought of the blind hope she used to have. She yearned for that feeling again, that it would make this transition easier for her. But maybe 
Amarantha had dulled that light too. Maybe becoming a fairy had broken her. Or maybe Farah thought she'd broken it herself when she killed those two fae under the mountain. A little while later, Reese and Farah went back to arguing. This time, Reese was attempting to convince her to let him fly with her to the House of Wind. She refused despite it being over 1,000 steps to get to the house otherwise. Farah wondered why they couldn't just meet at the townhouse. Reese expressed that they all have prominent personalities. The house of wind was big enough he wouldn't feel like throwing them off the mountain. <laughs> He's like, I can't deal with some of them. Yeah. It's Cassian. And more. And more. It's usually more. <laughs> well, cousins, you know, like yeah. a sister. Farah inferred this meant Reese doesn't want her to lose it again. Reese agreed and Farah told him she's not some kind of broken doll. He insisted he wanted to expose her to his inner circle on his terms, not just when they popped up at the house. And then this is from the book. You say the word tonight and we come back here. No questions asked. And if you can't stomach working with me, with them, then no question asked on that either. We can find some other way for you to live here. Be fulfilled, regardless of what I need. It's your choice, Farah. Farah thought of staying behind tonight, but but decided she didn't have anything else to do. They flew in the night, and Farrah took in the city from above. It glittered below them, a now silent beacon. The wind whispered a gentle breeze across her cheeks, settling her. Reese remembered flying at night and his mother scolding him. She would then fly with him until dawn. Reese asked Farrah a thought for a thought. When she just looked at him, he explained he missed his place while he was under the mountain for 50 years. He never thought he would return. Now the impending war with Hybern made him feel like he wouldn't get many more nights like this in a place he loved so much. And then from the book, I'm thinking that I must have been a fool in love to allow myself to be shown so little of the spring court. I'm thinking there's a great deal of that territory I was never allowed to see or hear about and maybe I would have lived in ignorance forever like some pet. I'm thinking the words became choked. I shook my head as if I could clear the remaining ones away, but I still spoke them. I'm thinking, I'm thinking that I was a lonely, hopeless person and I might have fallen in love with the first thing that showed me a hint of kindness and safety. And I'm thinking maybe he knew that. Maybe not actively, but maybe he wanted to be that person for someone. And maybe that worked for who I was before. Maybe it doesn't work for who, what I am now. Reese said he told her five things. He owed her two more thoughts of which she would give her later. And they arrived at the House of Wind and the company that awaited. So as far as Reese, like kind of keeping Valeris a secret and protecting it, I was like, okay, this is kind of funny when you think of that scene from Akatar where he is like all up on Tamlin about the Tamlin in the spring court mm-hmm. and trying to pretend like everything's okay with them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's a little... Like, where I'm like, Reese, you're kind of doing the same thing. So, I mean, yeah, I understand. There's the word. But I was like, you're kind of doing the same thing. I kind of understand you more, but also I love you more. So that might be why I'm speaking from my heart. But, um, and also just how Ferris like views Valeris she's like everything is so happy go lucky here like everything is great here and there's been destruction across the rest of these lands for years yeah and she's just like that's not fair that these people just get to live this life away from everything and everyone else has had to suffer she just doesn't understand it yet which we'll get to see more of as we go on okay I gotta sit up for this one. We are on chapter 16. So we're going and we're seeing the inner circle. Um, we're up at the House of Wind. Yeah. Amri- or you want to get into the inner circle more than we did earlier? Yeah, sure. Their jobs. Who they yeah. are. Yeah. Who they are as people. Okay, so Reese's number two is... Amran, we talked about her. She is utterly f***ing terrifying. In appearance, she's like tiny, short, and East Asian looking. Yes. Um, Which I don't know if that's ever... I think the descriptions line up with that, which is why everyone's imagined her that way. Mm-hmm. As opposed to other characters where we just are like, sure. But like, that's how she is. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's just her fae form yeah. or whatever form, not a fae, but like that's mm-hmm. her form that she takes on. And also her eyes like swirl <laughs> in like silver and like stormy. Mm-hmm. And then there's more who's the number three. She's basically the queen of the night court. And then you have Azriel, who is uh, a shadow singer and a spy master. And then you have Cassian, who's the general of the armies. Um, Amran mentioned... As they approach, that Reese had good taste, referencing the brooch she wore. Reese loves to bring Amran gifts. Yeah. I think that has to do with, like, what she is, why she loves, like, jewels and stuff. And then she walked up to Feyre and told her they were both made 
creatures, capital M-A-D-E, made. Or she said, there was only one other made creature named Miriam. Uh, from the book, Amron said, only once before was a human made into an immortal. Interesting that it should happen again right as the ancient players have returned. But Miriam was gifted long life, not a new body, a new girl. She sniffed again, and I never felt so laid bare. Prize lit Amron's eyes. Reese just nodded. Whatever that meant. I was tired already. Tired of being assessed and evaluated. Your very blood, your veins, your bones were made. A mortal soul and an immortal body. More ass. If they could just eat already. <laughs> All Priorities. Set. Yeah. Same. Everybody but Amran and uh, Reese are like, eh. are like, whatever. She's here. That's all yeah. we care about. Can we eat food already? Yeah. And like, Reese is getting annoyed because they're all like, where's the food? Where's the food? But so. Yeah, you brought a gas. She's really cool and everything. But can we can eat? We eat? <laughs> when Moore called Reese and Amran ancient boars, Reese reminded her that she was the same age as him. They all sat down to eat dinner and drink their wine. While they were eating, Cassian took the food off Amran's untouched plate. Why was food even in front of her? Like, Just to make appearances. Bear would ask questions. Mm-hmm. They mentioned how weird it was that she didn't eat food. Amron explained to Vera that she simply didn't eat fey food. Something about the way she said it made Vera nervous to ask what exactly Amron did eat. And we already mentioned what she did eat. Yeah. Whoops. There's a lot of oh, questions God. about her that Vera's like, I wonder this, but I'm not going to ask. She's scary. Reese chuckled saying, remind me to have more family dinners. Family dinners? What a man. Vera realized how different this was compared to the spring court gatherings. Farah looked at the jewels on Cassian and Asriel's hands. They are called siphons. Siphons are basically these jewels that control the powers of Illyrians. We're going to get into Illyrians later on, like down this page. But but like the more they have, the more powerful they can be. Mm-hmm. And usually the warriors have like a couple. Yeah. Asriel and Cassian have like eight or nine going at a time. Yeah. But like it just concentrates their powers. Mm-hmm. So during their conversation, Feyre addressed Cassian as Lord Cassian. And so, of course, Cassian spewed his wine everywhere. What an eloquent man. Reese explained Cassian and Asriel, Asriel are at Illyrians, and Moore was the only purebred person in this inner circle. He noticed Feyre's confusion and continued telling her that he was half Illyrian, which meant he was as good as a bastard as far as the thoroughbred high fae were concerned. She asked if this meant Cassian and Asriel were not high fae. Cassian told her that Illyrians aren't high fae, they aren't lesser fae as some might think. Feyre mentioned she didn't see any of them under the mountain. Yeah, remember she told Moore, I didn't see you under the mountain. And now she's saying, I don't see, I didn't see y'all under the mountain. It's her favorite icebreaker. Like for a girl who never wants to talk about it, you sure talk about it a lot. Yeah. They say, "Eh, we weren't there. Reese had hid them away and it killed all of them to not be there with him. Vera could tell. Vera thought maybe it was good that some people in one city was saved from Amarantha's terror instead of nothing being left behind. So even like now she's starting to see Valeris as a good thing and not as like, oh, Oh, good for them. She's like, okay, I guess there's still an ounce of happiness somewhere After in the world. After ago, her being like, why did you only protect yeah. this place? Screw you. <laughs> Amron told her it was their mission to keep the secret of the city for many years to come. Moore explained that there wasn't one person in the city who didn't know about the horrors outside of what cost their safety had been afforded. So it's not like these people are living in obliviousness thinking everything's okay. Mm-hmm. They know and they know at any moment something could happen. Yeah. But they're holding on to that hope of that city that has been there untouched for thousands of years. So this brings us to Farah asking about Illyrian culture. And uh, before I start that. Illyrians are actually real people. Like, it's an ancient civilization kind of thing. I think they're still Illyrians today. Not for sure. Didn't check. But I think they're small tribes of them. They're known for their tattoos. That makes sense. And their folklore. Which makes sense in this. Uh, But I've heard Illyrians brought up a lot. Illyrians are a very warmongering people. They have tribes and they call them camps. And then they have people in those camps called camp lords. They are, you know, trying to fight very young and they're kind of a really sexist group of Oh, fame. yeah. And, kind uh, of, they are. <laughs> yeah. I was going to explain. When the girls become women, they they're, they carry uh, bat wings. All of them have bat wings. That's why I called Reese, Cass, and... Asriel, the Bat Boys, but they all carry, they all have bat wings. And when a girl becomes a woman, they snip her wings. 
Yeah, there's some merch around that. Uh-huh. Call them bat boys. Oh, yeah. yeah. They snip her wings. Reese's mother tried and tried and tried and tried to not become a woman to save her from having her wings clipped. Like, that was her favorite thing was flying. One day, it was finally too much. They found out that she had, in fact, become a woman. And uh, she was... She started her period. Yeah. <laughs> There we go. Yeah. She started her period. And they uh, were going to... Basically, they, like, tie them up in, like, the middle of the camp and cut the wings or clip them, as they say. Yeah. They don't cut them off. They, they don't cut them off. They clip them. There's a character later on in the series who has been through this that you mm-hmm. meet and you hear more about this thing from, mm-hmm. directly from her. Reese's mother, they were putting, they were going to uh, clip her wings and Reese's father, who was the High Lord, um, had come to talk about some war meeting with the Camp Lord and he immediately saw her, the mating bond snapped into place and he whisked her away. Whisked. <laughs> Then we have baby Reese. Not that they were meant for each other. It wasn't like a healthy thing, but it was there. We should also talk about the Court of Dreams and the Court of Nightmares. Uh, what everybody thinks the Night Court is, is the Court of Nightmares. It's what Under the Mountain is based off of. It's the evil, hedonistic, violent lands that are under a mountain. And then the Court of Dreams is Valeris and the House of Wind and Reese's Court. And they're separate beings, which Reese rules over both of them, but mainly over the Court of Dreams. That's what he loves most. Cassian asked for her story. And Farrah tells of her life as a human before she came to pre Cassian wondered if she had taught herself to hunt like she'd taught herself to fight. Farrah told him no, and Cassian insisted he could teach her. Initially, Farrah wanted to deny this, but thought of what she had been told so many times. She asked, wouldn't this send the wrong impression to other people if, if she were to fight and use weapons? Silence. The more said with a soft venom that made me understand the High Lord's Bird had received training of her own in the Court of Nightmares. Let me tell you two things. As someone who has perhaps been in your shoes before, again, that shared bond of anger, of pain, throbbed between them. Save for Amran, who was giving me a look, dripping with distaste. One, more said, you have left the Spring Court. I tried to let the full weight of those words sink in. If that does not send a message for good or bad, then your training will not either. Two, she continued laying her palm flat on the table. I once lived in a place where the opinion of others mattered. It suffocated me, nearly broke me. So you'll understand me, Farah, when I say that I know what you feel, and I know what they tried to do to you, and that with enough courage, you can say to hell with reputation. Her voice gentled. The tension between them all faded with it. You do what you love what you need. There I realized more would not be like Ianthe, speaking on her behalf or dressing her how she wished. She realized in that moment more could be a real female friend. Her first, in fact. There told Cassian she'd consider having him teach her. She felt Reese shoot pleasant surprise down the mond. She turned to him to say she would work for him and to try and try her best to help fight against Hybern. Reese said good. Because their work starts tomorrow. <laughs> he wasn't giving her an option. He just pretended like she'd have one. Reese told everyone that Hybern was launching a war soon. And he planned to bring Jurian back to life. The inner circle voiced their disbelief. Moore wondered why he would want Jurian. Remember how he always talked about himself. At that moment, Pharaoh realized everyone around her fought in the war 500 years ago. Reese told them something that is connected to the temple murders. Pharaoh remembered connecting the disappearance of Amor this bone ring and the Ator. Remember Jurian just chilling in the ring? <laughs> they questioned how Hybern could change the bone and eyeball into a whole man. Amran said they'd have to go to the prison and see the bone carver to find out. Reese suggested that Amran go, but she immediately refused. Then Azriel offered to go, but Reese said he and Farah would go, would venture to speak to the bone carver. Amran agreed Farah would be the only one the bone carver would want to talk to. Farah went through all the creatures she had faced up until this point and realized she wasn't scared. She commented, how bad can it be? Cassian said, bad. 
and no one at the table disagreed. Chapter 17. While Reese and Pharaoh flew down to the townhouse, Pharaoh asked if she had gotten through his shields again because she felt him through the bond. He told her their bond was a living thing. He didn't know why thoughts and feelings slipped through without meaning to, but it had been shaped by his powers and what she needed when they had made the bargain. Pharaoh told him what she needed during the bargain was to not die. Reese told her she needed to not be alone. She then thought the same could be said about him. And then they proceeded to talk about what Reese had done under the mountain. And this is a quote from the book. When she tricked me out of my powers and left the scraps, it was still more than the others. And I decided to use it to tap into the mind of every night court citizen she captured and anyone who might know the truth. I made a web between all of them, actively controlling their minds every second of every day, every decade, to forget about Valeris, to forget about Moore and Amaranth and Cassian and Azriel. Amarantha wanted to know who was close to me, who to kill and Torture, but my true court was here, ruling this city and the others, and I used the remainder of my power to shield them all from sight and sound. I had only enough for one city, one place. I chose the one that had been hidden from history already. I chose, and now must live with the consequences of knowing they were more. there were more left outside who suffered. For those here, anyone flying or traveling near Valeris would see nothing but barren rock, and if they tried to walk through it, they'd find themselves suddenly deciding otherwise. Sea travel and merchant trading were halted. Sailors became farmers, working the earth around Valeris instead. And because my powers were focused on shielding them all, Pharaoh, I had very little to use against Amarantha. So I decided that to keep her from asking questions about the people who mattered, I would be her whore. When Pharaoh fell asleep that night, she once again suffered horrible nightmares of Amarantha. Reese heard her coming into the room. He woke her up and tried to comfort her by telling her about his nightmares from under the mountain. The dreams would feature Cassian or Azrael being the one under Amarantha instead of him with their wings spiked down. How he had to watch knowing he failed them. Pharaoh reminded him he never failed his people and Reese told her he did horrible things to ensure that. Pharaoh said to him, she did too. Reese continued soothing her even as she sat sick on the bathroom floor. She also had remnants of fire on her form from one of her given powers. This from the autumn court. Pharaoh fell asleep and woke up back in her bed with clean sheets. The next day they arrived to the spot where they need to be to get to the prison. Reese told her the prison is older than the high lords themselves, and Feyre asked why Amran wouldn't go. Reese explained Amran was once imprisoned here. She assumed not in the body she saw Amran in now. Reese smiled as he said no. Reese told her they had to go under the mountain to get into the prison, and Feyre starts to panic at the thought of going under a mountain again, even if it was a different mountain. Reese told her it's good to remember that she survived. They all survived, and she told him to take her back. She couldn't face this fear today. Without question, he took her back to Valeris, and Pharaoh didn't get out of bed for the rest of the day. Him being like, oh yeah, you don't have to face your fears. I'll take you back. I'll take you away. And him actually following through on that. Yeah. When So Pharaoh tells him, it's a shame that others in Prithian don't know. A shame that you let them think the worst. And um, he says, as long as the people who matter most know the truth, I don't care about the rest. Get some sleep. So about him and what he's been through, he's like, yeah. I, they can see me as the villain all they want. The people close to me know who I am and that's all that matters. I was like, oh my god. Chapter 18. When Pharaoh woke up, she found Amran at the foot of her bed, just lurking. What's up? Amran sniffed and told her, no wonder she was skinny if she never held down her food. Before she could question anything, Amran gave her an amulet. She told Pharaoh it helped her get out of the prison. Pharaoh could wear it there and they could never keep her. Pharaoh didn't touch it. Amran threatened her life if Pharaoh didn't give it back to her after its use. Reese and Vera were climbing to get to the prison when Reese kept frowning at the amulet. She tried to explain, but Reese told her not to say anything she didn't want the inmates hearing. Vera apologized for her freak out the day before. Reese told her there was nothing to be sorry for. In a flirtatious manner, he said, Oh, I won't dock your pay or anything. And then Reese drew a sword. Vera mentioned she'd never seen him with a weapon before. He told her, Don't tell Cassian. <laughs> and then she asked about Azriel's origins. So, as far as Azriel, 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 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as far as Azriel goes, his father had two legitimate sons, both older than Azriel, both cruel and spoiled. That seems to be a theme here. They learned it from their mother, the Lord's wife. For the 11 years that Azriel lived in his father's keep, she saw to it that he was kept in a cell with no window and no light. They let him out for an hour every day, let him see his mother for an hour once a week. He wasn't permitted to train or fly or any of the things the Illyrian instincts roared at him to do. When he was eight, his brothers decided it would be fun to see what happened when he mixed an Illyrian's quick healing gifts with oil 
and fire. The lawyers heard Asriel screaming, but not quick enough to save his hands. Yeah, Asriel's like covered in these scars and he's very sensitive about them. Then Farah asked about more. Reese told her more was who he called when the armies had failed and Cassian and Asriel were dead. Reese explains that Moore's day-to-day job is being the court overseer. Aaron's job was his political advisor, walking library, and doer of his dirty work. Farah asked what would happen if Moore was killed. He told Farah he would unleash Amran in her true form and then ask her to kill him first. Farah wondered what Amran was, and Reese explained... Once again, she's asking really personal questions about people. Yeah. He said something else, something worse than us. If she ever finds a way to shed her prison of flesh and bone, cauldron save us all. They made it to their destination and Reese explained the prison to her. Okay, so the prison is like older than the courts themselves. They're not controlled by any court and they house truly evil beings. The prison guards aren't actually fae. They're like ghosts that were once people that rule over it. I don't understand it, but that's basically what it said. And for some odd reason, since it's in the night court, they're like, hey, um, <laughs> you get to prison. Congratulations. Um, but with this, uh, Reese is able to unlock and go into the prison where whenever he wants to. But anyway, it houses some very powerful creatures. And he doesn't take it lightly because once you go in, you don't come out. Unless you're Amarin. Yeah. yeah, but Amarin's a rare breed. Actually, a rare breed. She's the only one of her kind. Yes. Anyway, they were asked how long Amarin had been locked up. <laughs> how long she'd been locked up in there. Reese wasn't sure, but she was there before the courts were even made. She freed herself before they were established. He guessed a few millennia, but it was hard to say since it was from before they even had a written language. They were asked why he never asked Amron that question. And he said, why bother? She'll tell me when it's necessary. Such a main response. He's just being respectful of her boundaries. Yeah. They were asked where Amron came from. Reese didn't know, but he guessed she was a creature that came to the world when it was created through a rip to another world. He told her Amran was the only one of her kind, and even the serial had numbers, however small. And in the the Sarah J. Mass universe, mm-hmm. it's all connected, which makes sense to me. And I believe she is through, like, Crescent City talks about a lot of the other worlds and the universe and everything. And mm-hmm. I really think there's a connection there with Amran. As they approached, Reese said that they were almost to the bone carver's cell under the roots of the mountain. They were asked what the bone carver was. And Reese explained, the bone carver appeared to everyone differently, even if the onlookers stood right next to each other. Okay, so I could not find anything on the bone carver. The only thing I could find is, I will say that SJM takes a lot of inspiration from like Norse mythology. So I put it, typed in Norse and they do have like a tradition of bone carving, like antlers and stuff. So that might be some of it. I'm sure there's more to it and I'm just not finding it. Caitlin Reba had an idea of who the bone carver might be based off of. I'm not based off of, but the, the bogger in Harry Potter, third one. Yeah, and basically, I just remember the scene specifically in the movie where they have, like, the wardrobe. Whenever, like, each wizard or witch stands in front of it and opens it and it turns into their fear. Yeah. And they have to, like, cast a spell to kind of... Ridiculous. Yeah, it's called Ridiculous. And I remember the spider with the roller skates specifically. Yeah, I do too. Whoever had the fear of spiders, and so they casted the ridiculous spell. Ron, Ron, <laughs> and he casted the ridiculous spell, and it went on roller skates, and that kind of like helped out that fear. And so, whenever I read about the bone carver, and they said, "Oh, it appears differently to everyone," mm-hmm. I thought of that. Also, the the mirror of Erisid, yeah, which whenever they stand in front of it, they see the thing that they like most desire. So, there's a lot. Of- Harry Potter stuff that has that. Also, um, Pennywise from it. He he turns into what people fear the most. But Bone Carver is a bit different because he doesn't necessarily do what people fear the most. It's mm-hmm. like he knows what kind of information you might want, mm-hmm. or he knows something about your future. Mm-hmm. and stuff like that so he'll appear in that way also um reese tells Farah never to lie to the bone carver this will be fun it's not that bad it's not that bad 
But Bone Carver appeared as a boy with black hair and blue eyes to Farah. So I don't know what y'all were thinking, but when I first read this, I thought it was Reese as a kid. I didn't have any thoughts whatsoever. I can't talk about it. I mean, I know... <laughs> I'm bleeding the fifth. I know what it is, but I thought it was Reese as a kid. Reese threw him a bone saying it was from Farah killing the Midingard worm. It was the killing... It was the bone that killed the Midingard worm. Farrah was like, I didn't even know which bone I'd killed it with, what had given it the killing blow, and where he got it from. Where Did he just like pull it out out of the and the mud and was like, this is where she killed the Midingard worm. I don't know what it is about that moment for him, but it's like, ah. We thought she was a real sexy killing a ginormous beast on her own. Covered in Yeah. She was covered literally in covered in but he has a twinkle in his eye every time we talked about it. He He's got, like, he got uh, a fond memories, fun time. <laughs> She's like, you're a bastard. The bone carver asked Farah what, what it was like to die. So Farah bargained a question for a question and he agreed. She tells him what it was like when she died under the mountain. She heard her neck break, felt a flash of pain, and then felt nothing. Then she held on to a tether in the world Suddenly seeing through Reese's eyes, a piece of her remained. Credit to their bargain. Mm -hmm. Reese was shocked at this omission. He apparently had no idea that she had done this. And the bone carver continued asking questions about her experience. And Farah answered every time. He had asked her, like, he asked about a light. She said she didn't see one. She said you could choose. She, she knew she had a choice. She could live or she could die. She could choose to die, but she decided not to. Then Farah asked about how you could turn somebody who had died back to life. And then the bone carver's like, there's no way. And then he's like, unless you get your hands on a very, very old artifact. And Farrah, you've heard about this a lot your entire time being in Prithian. Like calls to like. Like calls to like. This is the cauldron. If you had the cauldron and all three of its feet, pegs in it. Um, I think it's feet. feet. I think it looked like a, a bathtub. Yeah. And restored it to its full power. You could create life. Recess, where did they hide it? And the bone carver's like, tell me a secret no one knows. <laughs> And Reese is like, sometimes when it rains, my knee hurts. <laughs> Love him. The bone cover is like, you know, you've always been my favorite, right? Yeah. He tells her, tells him the last place it was hidden, but he's like, I haven't. This, this has been missing for like a few hundred millennia, so you might want to find somewhere else. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Um, he tells him that the feet were hidden in the temples, and one of them is where. The murder happened of the priestesses. Oh, he tells them, you know, who has the cauldron? And they're like the king of Hybern. And he's like, cool. Microphone, my goodness. Sorry. It's near your mouth. Sorry. Speak. He's what? like, you know, you know who has the cauldron? And he's like the king of Hybern. And then the bone carver's like, cool. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. Thera offered up, when Amarantha made me kill those two fairies, if the third hadn't been Tamlin, I would have put the dagger in my own heart. And Reese like stops at this, like does not move, mm -hmm. does not. He's like, he didn't know that. I knew there was no coming back from what I'd done, she said, wondering if the blue flame in the carver's eyes might burn my ruined soul to ash. And once I broke their curse, once I knew I'd saved them, I just wanted enough time to turn that dagger on myself. I only decided I wanted to live when she killed me, and I knew I had not finished whatever, whatever it was I'd been born to do. And then it says she dared a glance at Reese, and there was something like devastation on his beautiful face but it was gone in a blink. The bone carver tells them that you could do more than raise the dead with the cauldron, but you could also bust the wall. And so they're like, oh, oh crap. And they're like, what, what, what else do we need to know? And so they ask and Reese is like, don't you dare tell him another thing. And the bone carver's like, um, no, I like her. So this is what's going to go on. There's actually something called the book of breathings and you can find it at this place and this place and only you can use it. I love you, Farrah. You're my bestie. <laughs> I love how Farrah just like befriends these really like ancient creatures. <laughs> yeah. For no reason other yeah. than she's just like, eh. Okay. So anyway, they leave. And Farrah's like, okay, so what did you see him as? And Reese is like, you first. And so Farrah tells him what she's seen. Reese goes, he looked like Jurian. 
like the last time I seen Jirion. Mm-hmm. Chapter 19. When they get back to Valeris, they tell the group what happened with the bone carver. The group asked how they were supposed to go about retrieving the Book of Breathings. Reese said the best way was to use Pharaoh's retrieval skills to track down the ha- halves specifically the one located in the summer court. Feyre interjected that the bone carver only mentioned her capabilities as a possibility. Reese planned to create a test to ensure she had the ability to find find these things, as the bone carver suggested. Feyre asked where this test would take place. It was Azriel who replied, To the weaver? To the weaver! Okay, that way. (laughs) Just like that. Azriel said, just like that. That's how he talks. No, it's not. Not at all. (laughs) It's more like, to the weaver. Pharaoh wondered who the weaver was. Azrael told her it was an ancient, horrible creature who had to be left alone. He then turned to Reese and said to give her another test, a different one. Reese just looked at Pharaoh and shrugged, letting her decide. Reese also took this time to ask her to be an emissary to the mortal world for the night. Azrael said they hadn't had one in five, 500 years. I was about to say 500 centuries. And I was like, that's not Damn. Right. A century's 100 years, right? Mm-hmm. So 100, 100 years. <laughs> A hundred times a hundred. Ah, I was like, that's still right. No, five centuries, Caitlin. Five centuries. Five hundred centuries. I was like, that's still the same thing. Azrael said they hadn't had one in five hundred years. Reese told him there hadn't been a human turned immortal in that time either. He explained they needed to meet the human queens on neutral territory concerning their half of the book and their side on the impending war. Pharaoh said they could use her family estate. Later. Yeah. I was about to say, later. Pharaoh went to sleep that night, only to be woken at the crack of dawn by Reese rushing in, saying, time is of the essence. <laughs> Wake Pharaoh, up, get, get up. up. <laughs> Rise and shine. The fact that we know why he's doing this and what she's going to get. He is so excited. This is his <laughs> favorite day. This is his favorite day. Because he loves f***ing with Feyre. That's his favorite thing in the whole wild world. While getting ready, Feyre realized this is why Reese wanted her to learn to write, or to read the book. Semantics. The the, the book of breathings, that's why. I always read it, the book of breathings. I hate you. I don't know why, every time I read it, I'm like, the book of breathings. And I know saying that out loud is ridiculous and completely wrong, but I can't help it. You're a second grade teacher. Exactly. (laughs) Book of breathings. I thought they would read it, and I would love them, because... Just breath, breath. ing. Just breath, Reba. Just breath. He said she needed to learn anyway. This was his original motive and why he'd been so insistent. As she got ready, Reese handed her a belt of knives. He explained that the Weaver had knives for cooking and for her work, but anything out of place she might sense. Farah asked what she should do about her present in the Weaver's house, how she wouldn't be spotted. Reese told her not to make a sound and not to touch anything except the item she was meant to find. The Weaver was blind, and as long as she only touched Reese's item, Farah would be fine. Now, from the book, cruel conniving bastard, I glared at him. <laughs> I have a cruel conniving bastard, but... All three titles were I have three. all three of them. <laughs> Love you, mom and dad. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about the dog. I was all the time. <laughs> I know. Reese shrugged. Would you rather I locked you in the house of wind and stuffed you with food and made you wear fine clothes and plan my parties? Go to hell. Why not get this object yourself if it's so damn important? <laughs> because the weaver knows me, and if I am caught, there would be a steep price. High lords are not to interfere with her, no matter the direness of the situation. There are many treasures in her hoard. Some she has kept for millennia. Most will never be a betrayed. Betrayed. <laughs> Betrayed. Betrayed. Most will never be retrieved because the High Lords do not dare be caught, thanks to the laws that protect her, thanks to her wrath. Any thieves on their behalf, either they do not return or they are never sent, for fear of it leading back to their High Lord. But you, she does not know you. You belong to every court. So I'm your huntress and thief? His hand slid down to cup the backs of my knees as he said with a roguish grin, You are my salvation, Pharaoh. <laughs> you are my salvation. And like before that, oh my gosh, I was talking about like whenever Reese tells Tamlin to like bow down to him or something. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, and now Reese is basically bowing down to Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, oh. And also, you were my salvation. That one, I was like crying, underlining. We all know how I feel. We all know how I feel in this romance. Yes, it's very obvious. <laughs> I'm like, that was so cute. Mm-hmm. When are we going to talk about what the Weaver is based off of? I couldn't find Jack. 
So I have a point. To make. I have a few like things she could be based off yeah. of, but I don't have like one solid thing. The fates. Yeah, the fates. Yeah. And I think of Hansel and Gretel and how they were like, don't eat the candy. And then also. Yeah, I was kind of thinking Baba Yaga. I always think Baba Yaga. Also. Always old hags. Um, Aladdin. Whenever they tell him not, not, to to get, not to touch any of the other treasure. Mm-hmm. We have that moment. So chapter 20. Reese and Vera arrived in the forest, which was part of a neutral territory. No high lords held claim to this land, and many dangerous creature- creatures. Creatures. <laughs> we have a Cre- speaking problem today. Yeah. <laughs> creatures lurked in the forest. Vera asked why Amarantha hadn't destroyed it during her reign. Reese explained that he had tried to convince her because the creatures would destroy her, but she never did. He tried to convince her to destroy it. Yeah, the forest. I know that part, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, he, he tries to tell Amarantha, hey... Or he, like, does, does it mentally. He's oh, like, okay. tries to manipulate her into... I remember that now. Reese told Farah that Cassian begged him not to take her to the Weaver. He thought Cassian might even swing at him. So, Asriel told him not to do it. Cassian mm-hmm. told him not to do it. Mm-hmm. When Farah asked why, Reese told her, Who knows? With Cassian, he's probably more interested uh, in f***ing you than protecting you. We think very highly of our friends, I guess. Mm-hmm. He then proceeded to ask whether or not she would be interested in Cassian as a rebound. Farah felt that this was a test, too, and it pissed her off. So she was like, yeah, I'd be down for that. And honestly, I don't blame her. If he mm-hmm. wants to play this game, be a little jealous. Mm. Like, we are going to play right this back. game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Reese told her that he would let Cassian know if she survived this test. Farah believed Reese wanted her to fail, but Reese told her, he wanted quite the opposite. As they made their way to the Weaver's cottage, they flirted back and forth. Then Reese left and Vera entered the cottage. She walked around as quietly as she could while the Weaver sang dreadful old old songs. Old. <laughs> I'm losing it. I'm losing it. That's right. One more time. Vera couldn't seem to find anything that called to her in the way that it was supposed to, evidently. She wondered if maybe she didn't have that ability that the bone carver mentioned. Then she felt it. Vera located a ring on a shelf that just screamed it belonged to Reese. As she snatched it up, the weaver stopped singing. All right. So I think the weaver is not only based on the fates, but there's also like, she kind of gives off Rumpelstiltskin vibes too. Terrifying. Yes. Bobby Yaga vibes. Chapter 21. The weaver slowed her work at the spinning wheel. She asked who was in her house and started slowly walking toward Farah. Farah decided she would fight back and threw a candle at the fabric and spinning wheel. The weaver screeched and Farah tried to escape up the chimney, but she got stuck. The weaver still screamed at her. The weaver tried to climb up in the chimney to get her, so Farah threw a brick in her face. (laughs) Farah told herself she was strong and she would get out of this. Then she broke apart the chimney and started running through the forest. She found Reese lazing about, seeming like he didn't have a care in the world. Is he like? Is he in a tree? Because I always pictured he's in a tree. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's that he is in a mm-hmm. tree. She was about to start screaming at him when he held up a finger, went up to her, and then flew them back to the house of wind. <laughs> I can't do this right now. Come with me. I love how she like told herself she was strong enough to do it though. Yeah, she's getting better. Yeah. Cassian asked if she had killed the weaver. Farah realized this venture wasn't to test her abilities or to get the ring back, but to see if she could handle the panic of a situation like this. Reese shrugged this off. (laughs) Farah told Cassian she wanted him to train her because she was tired of running. She wanted to know how to properly fight. She had asked Reese if she'd proven herself. Reese said, it was my mother's ring, as if that (laughs) answered everything. (laughs) Farah asked how he lost it. He told her he didn't. His mother gave it to him before taking it back and handing it to the weaver for safekeeping. Reese took her home. She readied her bath as Reese asked about training her other abilities. Farrah told him they would kill each other if he trained her. He said that would be the fun of it. He wanted to test her mental shields. He told her he was shocked Ianthe didn't carve her up just to see what her powers were. He said most priestesses were manipulators and selfish, and Ianthe was the worst of them. He told her he was not surprised Ianthe was trying to get a foothold in the spring court. She asked why he thought so lowly of her, and he advised 
she look into his mind and find out. She tried her best, but couldn't get through. Since she tried breaking through, he told her he'd just show her. Anthony was sprawled out naked on his bed. He told her to get out. Asriel had left the day before because of her advances, and she was one comment away from more killing her. Ianthe kept trying to convince him that they could rule Prithian and their children would be the most powerful in the land. He told her no, and she tried to reach for his crotch. When Reese broke her hand and told her if she touched anyone in his court again, he would kill her. Assault goes both ways, Yes, it does. A woman can't assault a man. This Mm -hmm. is evidence. Mm Mm-hmm. And, ew. 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 Like, she just showed up in his bedroom one day, like... Naked. Naked. And then after, like, his... One of his friends had to leave because he couldn't deal with us. Mm -hmm. And one of his other friends was like, if she does one more thing, I'm going to kill her. But And he turns her down and she's still groping him. But she's doing it to Asriel too. Yeah. So baby does not need that. Keep that in mind with my theory. Which theory? (laughs) I know. I was like, which theory? That she's screwing Tamlin. How does that fit in there? Because she's doing this to both... Reese and Asriel at the same time. Asriel was just her trying to get an end with the night court, right? Yeah. I'm just saying, if she's trying with Lucian. She's trying with everybody. She's trying with everybody. She's probably trying with everybody. Yeah, every high male creature. She probably was like, I can't deal with Cassie, and that's enough for me. (laughs) Like, that is the one who would fall for it, though. Like, (laughs) Vera was shocked because Ianthe didn't act like this in the spring court, and then she realized that that was why Lucian hated her. Reese warned her about two things about being in someone's mind. Always leave a door open, and you will see things you don't want to see. Vera asked him how long ago this event was. Reese tells her nearly 100 years ago. Vera realized that 50 years later, Amarantha had done the exact same thing he had wanted to kill Ianthe for. She went to talk to Reese about it, but he had vanished. So much, so much. Sorry. I mean, you're seeing this different side of Reese and seeing all of these truths. The truth. Happening. And Perica kind of feels like a little bad in the end. Yeah, she's like, oh. Well, it's like, kind of mean. did put me through hell today, but it wasn't that bad. I did get out. Yeah, anything else to add to that one? Uh, there's, there's a lot happening at this there point. There is a lot happening. It's. We're, We're only a little over 200 pages into this book. We're building to something. Also, as far as the romance goes, I like I saw a post about slow burn fantasy romances the other day, and this was on there. Mm-hmm. And I was like in the middle of reading it. I was like, damn, it really is. Like it takes quite a while it for does. things to happen. It does. Maybe that's why I like it, because I love a slow burn. Slow burns are good. They're slow so- burn enemies to lovers. Oh, obviously, you know what happens now. <laughs> Yeah. You know where this is going. Well, I um, think we've I think we've pretty much hinted at it from the beginning. I definitely have. Yeah. Um also in the past seasons where I've talked about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty open. It's out there in the world. But we're enjoying ourselves. We're having fun with it. A lot more about to happen. So I think that about wraps it up for today. Thank you for listening. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Let's Call It Nothing Pod and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.